0: The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you, portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today.
1: Chat with Maria McCann.
2: John is behind in the car going on holidays. They don't realise that. (laughs) They don't care. They need to get out of the way. There needs to be a holiday lane. I'm on the way to Holidays, and <laughs> all
0: <laughs> I remember listening to um, Colin Murphy on ABC Radio, uh, the Top 40 Countdown on Saturday mornings. It was the best Top 40 Countdown I ever had because they played every single
2: song. One time I was, uh, I found these Junior Aspens, and they were orange-flavoured.
1: Oh, do you, you remember
0: remember
2: do you remember them? <laughs> well, the dangerous thing you'd ever seen in your entire life? Orange-flavoured Junior Aspens. Yeah. I loved them. knocking them back like they were no one's (laughs) business. Everybody knows who travelled from Waterford to Dublin on the old road before
0: the motorway was invented. If one lorry or one tractor was in front of you, you were delayed, God knows how long.
2: But you know why that is, though? Because ten fuckers don't understand that you're going on holidays.
0: That's it. Back Chat
1: with Maria McCann. You're welcome into this week's edition of Back Chat. Episode 6, we're on. And I have two panellists. The first experiment for Back Chat: yes. two panelists. Yes. So there's a lot riding on the shoulders of the two heads I have in Back Chat HQ. I have Kieran Doyle, actor and barman extraordinaire, great and
0: Correct. I have
1: John Correct. Keane, Correct. broadcaster extraordinaire, DJ ex- extraordinaire, available for weddings
0: and bar mitzvahs and yes, everything. the whole lot, yes. you, yeah, mm. whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yep. loves his watches. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you do love watches? How, what's the deal with the watches, John? I don't know.
0: I have no idea. I'm, I, I think. I think the first watch I got was uh, something from America years ago and just it was brought home to me my brother brought it home to me he said here look there's a watch for you and I think it was about 10 or you know when you're 10 you never had a watch you know when you're that age you never had watches so I kind of went oh wow this is cool like, and it was a very simple plain watch and I always remember this black strap, little white face on it and it was actually small compared to the big bins that I wear now at the moment like uh, the bigger the watch the better like but I've just got this kind of thing like I get the watch I like that strap I like that face uh, Whatever it might be, I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't even wear a watch anymore. No, I love wearing watch. I've got
2: a watch for the first time. Kerry bought me a watch for Christmas, and it was the first—it's the first watch I've had in about I'd say fifteen to twenty years. Because I was a classer, so you couldn't wear a watch more work. Hmm. But uh, now that I'm a, a barman <laughs> in Marta's more <Intermore. laughs> <laughs> I—I um, wear—I bought a watch, and it, it's actually—I missed having a watch. It's one thing I miss having. I—it's I, like—it's like a dress. You put on a suit, you put on a shirt and tie. You put on a nice watch. It fits the ensemble. You know yeah, I mean? but
1: it's actually, it's not, it's decorative now. They're not functional anymore because we mm. all have other ways to tell the time. But, yeah. you well, know, they're just it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I like the, the, the suit you're
2: wearing. Yeah. Mm, it does. If you, if you get a nice suit, nice, nice watch to match, blah, 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 happy days.
0: I've already gotten sidelined in the conversation I, had I I'm sorry, got so so you came, you Martha's. <laughs> yeah. I was out there for 40, it's the coolest little pub ever. Oh, you were in Vicky, or Victoria Maddox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. and Paul's, and I worked there,
2: I didn't see you that night though I know I wasn't I was away I knew you were coming (laughs)
1: Let's talk about Stephen Fry and the blasphemy um Potential case that isn't to be a case. And now I that know. I'm on
2: this program, the blasphemy bollocks. <laughs> That's what it is. The blasphemy bollocks. This is
0: 1827, isn't it? We're in. Is that <laughs> the year we're in? <laughs> 1827. <laughs> with this, it's just yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, we should
2: throw him into the water with ducks and see if he drowns. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking mind-numbingly. It's just the rest of the world. I mean, it was. I was actually. I, I'm on um, on one of the websites, Al Jazeera English, is called right, and it was on that.
1: Away, oh, yeah,
2: it was on that talking about the Irish attitude towards religion and about that. This man, this English man, who came over, invited guests by Gabriel Byrne, love him or hate him, and next thing he's been accused of blasphemy laws in Ireland. It's like, oh, you just want to hide your head under the pillow and cringe. But
1: see, the thing about it is, that's what went out to the world. Mm. Here, the blasphemy laws that we have are damn nigh impossible to, to mm. prosecute somebody for them. like It's, it's a, a law that's typical Irish, a law that's in the statute books mm. that is pretty useless but makes us look
2: like Egypts mm. for the rest of the world. But it was brought in by an Irish government in 2009, I believe, was it? Mm. 2009. It was brought in by the government at the time, right, to reinforce the connection between politics and religion in this country. It's like the... Church and state. Oh, it's Jesus. The, the, the on rats sang a song about it years ago. Police and priests. Remember the black and blue uniforms? Uh, and it's very very true and if you look at in the the, the case of the uh, the new maternity hospital being granted to the sisters of charity you're kind of going to yourself what the are these people living in la, la, la. we've had all these reports from all over the world about the sisters of charity and everything else went on and now they give them this a maternity hospital where are off just done. <laughs>
0: <John. laughs> I I, I didn't even know we had a blasphemy law in this country, because I I thought, like, we are in the year 2017, and I thought, uh, you know, you read about, you hear about all the different things that go on around the world, and you kind of say, oh yeah, you know, you can't defend this person, you can't defend Mm. that person. And I'm all about, whatever you want to believe in, believe in it, and it's up to you, but, you know, don't push it on anybody else. But this came from a guy, just one single guy, somewhere in the country, that decided that, um, while he wasn't offended... Mm. Uh, he wasn't offended by it it. Was, it was against the law it was against the law and it's kind of like you know is this the same are we talking about the same law that maybe okay if you're in America you can't jaywalk mm. but you come here you know and, and so if you jaywalk here or whatever they don't call it the same year, like and somebody stops you and you like stop being stupid
2: like I'm just crossing the road like
0: you know I'm, mm. I'm a sensible but enough was, person to know was him. it
2: brought in by this individual to highlight the thing you know what I mean? Did, did this individual, was he an astute individual and did he sort of bring it up and sort of say, well, I tell you what, I'll highlight it so then people really will realise the ridiculousness of it. Do yeah, you know?
1: exactly. Do you know how, how you go through life sometimes without mm. learning something that you should know? Mm. I always thought blasphemy was you insulted God. It was an offence to insult God. Mm. And I was thinking, if you don't believe in the God, how can you be guilty Correct, yeah. of the offence of insulting him mm. if it's not a religion that you ascribe to? But it's actually if I offend somebody who follows that God, mm. that's what the law is. If you are offended by my opinion of your God, that's where the law break is. All oh, right. It isn't against insulting the God. Yeah. It's causing offence to somebody who believes in that God mm. so it's about people I thought it was about you know that God is all important and God didn't ask for this law mm. we decided that we give God a law so that people have something else to be offended by oh, and well, can run to the lovely.
0: courts and you see the thing about it is I'm, the, I'm under the firm belief that if whatever you believe in is your belief and what anybody else cares or says about it is nothing to do with you it's nothing to do with you and I have nothing to do with what you believe in or what mm. you believe in mm. and either you have what I believe in and I'm kind of thinking, I was reading that in the paper and I said, you know, no matter what you believe in, and I believe in God, right, that's the way I am, I don't make. it's not a big, huge mm-hmm. hullabaloo, that's, that's what, can you imagine? But that's what I, you know, that's the way I was brought up, and that's
2: what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And it's... You also believe that coffee is better than tea. I do believe coffee is you your judgment that, is tough. Seven you last year, though, on that one, just a little. Yeah, room. but you don't like gas. <laughs> But, but no, I don't like cats and I don't like dogs. Now, you see, there you go. There's somebody out there now who's blasphemy. They're, they're, they're insulted by that my opinion. That would be me. You know, catology,
0: you know. <laughs> But no, but you see, the thing about it is, is when I read that, I kind of went, you know, firstly, where, what what era are we living in that somebody obviously went to the trouble to give out about this? And then we have, you know, I'm saying to myself, in all the years I was brought up, I was never taught in school or whatever I did or whatever I did after school, I was never taught, you know, to you don't offend this, you don't, you just don't offend anybody. I thought mm. that was just common manners. You don't offend people yeah. just to offend people, like you know, I'm not going to say anybody's this or they're that or whatever it might be, just to offend them. If I'm if I have something to say, I'll say it to the person. Self, I'm not going to put it into a paper and say, you know, or or, or, or complain to the guards about yeah. this, that, and the other, because it's absolutely ludicrous. And the other thing about it is, I'm kind of thinking like, and I read this as well somewhere. and It's the one thing I thought as well. Well, no matter what the god is or whoever your god is, whatever, I I think they're pretty much if they are such a deity whatever it might be. I don't really think they're going to be offended by Stephen Fry either. But they
1: don't need your protection either. No, they don't no. like what Stephen Fry is saying.
2: You can turn them into memes. Yeah, your mouth. Can be gone. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's
1: absolute. It I, I would remove every law from the statute books that is based on people being offended. Mm. Like tough. If you're offended, you just don't talk to the person that offended you. But yeah. that was, or that you suck it up, or you just move on with your life. But it was You should not have recourse to the courts. Oh yeah. Well, I
2: mean, I think that was that was what the, the, the I think what the guard said when they, when they said they weren't going to pursue it because there wasn't enough offence caused. Mm. Yeah. I think that was what they said. There wasn't enough offence caused, so there wasn't enough people pissed off basically about the whole thing. Yeah, this did made us look stupid. It like. did. But it, 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 it look stupid. It was, the, the, the world works. looked at this thing and said, Jesus Christ. I mean, America is a laughing stock of the world at the moment with with, with everything that's going on, right? The, in my in my humble opinion, um, with, they're making a show of themselves every day, and, and all this. Mm-hmm. And then we join in with this attitude, and then we have the obviously with the the, the new maternity war uh, hospital as well. People are up and going, Jesus, Harden, would you? But you, you know, I mean, look what look at everything that's happened in your career. You know, learn from what this shit, and then move on and do something else with mm-hmm. this stuff. You know, I don't know. I
1: been feeling a little bit stressed because you drove here, and it was, my, it was a stressful journey because... Yes, it was a very stressful
2: journey for me in particular. It was a
0: very stressful journey. <laughs> <It was. laughs>
2: well, because then I ended up in town. I went left instead of right and ended up, I was like, oh shit. You're fuck? from here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I, I'm from Lisdoon. Thankfully, I'm from Lisdoon, but I'm living in Samoa for the last 20, I'll be mean 20 years this year, but uh, I came to the roundabout and thought, yeah, it is left, isn't it? And I ended up in town, I went, oh shit, okay. I had to go round and round about and come back out again.
1: There was a survey um, carried out that showed the 10 most stressful journeys. So I'm going to give them to you, 10 to 1. Um, At number 10, driving to your wedding. Uh, Number 9, driving a colleague or boss. No one bothered me in slightest. Uh Um, 8, driving with a date. 7, driving the in-laws. 6, driving to hospital with a partner who's in labour. I'm don't looking know. expectantly at you guys oh, yeah, pardon me, yeah, 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 5, yeah. driving a newborn home from the hospital don't
2: know again. and I would imagine that would be stressful because you want to be very very cautious and you're very careful alright I will I will okay. I'd say so that, beginning that one,
1: to, yeah. the stresses kind but of is yeah. beginning it to, careful to or has it been,
0: you know is it been just been careful or being stressed out I mean you know the whole other issue mm. of I'm elated because I have a newborn mm. child going mm. home I don't know See, sometimes people read too much into these things like you know these lists that come out mm. oh, well, I mean, driving
1: lists. to a new job
0: to a new job I have job. say
1: the idea of being late for something like I like to do a bit of a recce mm. if I possibly can to make sure but I I'm going but that's stressful being late is
2: stressful yeah. driving
0: to a new job wouldn't bother
2: me would being in the car too.
1: late with like mm. morons in front of you not getting out of your way and just like I'm, I'm, I'm mm. late I'm late I'm I'm late yeah, I
2: don't like being late I'm, not, I, I, I'm always like when I go to work I'm always five minutes early I always like to be five minutes yeah. early wherever I go it's just I, I hate being late it drives me mad and I hate people being late it drives me absolutely insane. If you're there waiting for something, it's like, and see these mobile phones, they're the biggest cause of latest <laughs> at all time. Because you get, it's like before, when there was no mobile phones, you make arrangements. John, where I see you? I see you in Jeff's at eight o'clock. Yeah, perfect man. I see you in Jeff's at eight o'clock. You're in Jeff's at eight o'clock. Now, you didi. De- 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 oh, run. Mm, and they don't even speak English. You're know, run. Mm, late. Fuck off. Be on time. <laughs> it is. It's rotten late. Fucking that. I got a text from... There was there was, there was a girl looking for a job in the pub and she was 20 she was twenty years of age and she sent me a text. I had to give it to Ross, my boss's son. I had to give it to him. Here, translate that, will you? Speak, <laughs> put that into English for me, will you? For fuck's sake. It's like robot. They speak robot is what they're fucking speaking. Anyway, go on. What was four? Um, <laughs> Mobile see?
1: phones? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Number three is driving other people's children. Well, they'd never do that. Oh, no. uh, number two, driving to the airport... <laughs> Bitch. Or, uh, yeah anyway. places nearby. And the number one stressful journey was driving kids to school.
0: You see, I think the only thing that's relatable for a lot of those is just if you're late. Yeah. If I'm driving to the airport, I'm driving, to the, nor if I'm driving to the airport, I'm going on holidays. I'm going somewhere, I'm traveling somewhere. And I couldn't be any less stressed if I'm going on holidays because I don't mm. have to work. I normally turn my phone off. And the only time that ever happened, I tell you when it happened, is when the before the motorway came in. Mm. And you had the old god-awful road from, from Waterford to Dublin airport you right. had to go through every single nook and cranny mm. and I left and nothing nothing happened to the car nothing mm. happened no exhaust issues no, no, no uh, flat tyres no nothing like and what it was is that um, just as you said morons in front of me mm. and everybody knows who travelled from Waterford to Dublin on the old road before the motorway was invented if one lorry or one
2: tractor was in front of you you were delayed god knows how long but you know where that is though Because then fuckers don't understand that you're going on holidays.
0: That's it. They're living their own normal normal day lives.
2: Driving to. Well, Billy, how are you going, Tony? Good to see you. BB, come here and i tell you what happened the other day. John is behind in the car going on holidays. They don't realise that. (laughs) They don't care. They need to get out of the way. There needs to be a holiday lane. I'm on the way to holidays. (laughs) And you're (laughs) up.
0: that's in the new hover car that's a <laughs> it's the hover car that brings it, it to holiday. It straight to Holiday. i to, to holiday
2: land that's where I'm going but, but here's
0: <laughs> the thing you see and, and I think from I think from being late as well is where the whole road rage thing because I never knew road rage when I was growing up mm. my father never suffered from road rage my mother never suffered from road rage that mm. I can remember mm-hmm. so to me when we talk about people children being in the back of the car being stressful I don't remember because we used to sit in the back of the car with no. there was no such thing as a safety belt oh, yeah. no such, I, remember, I remember my father had a 1.1 Ford Escort mm gold car this car was beautiful and one seat at the back mm. the two you know the full leather yeah. seats at the front and you know what happened like back in the 70s you got leather as mm. inclusive and now you have to get it as uh, you know an <coughs> extra yeah, yeah. Was boiling during the summer and boiling during the summer mm. and if it was warm you had no air conditioning roll down the window but mm. the whole thing about it was is i never remember them having road rage but now the thing is as the years are on, i started to drive i think i said i think i was learning how to drive when i was 13 or 14 or mm. something like that you know everybody learned how to drive at some stage and stress, road rage things came into it because people in front of you, they just didn't care because you were behind them. You know they were mm-hmm. doing that. And I, uh, my brother-in-law said to me. He said, Johnny said, whatever you feel about Rotary, he said, they don't feel your pain. And it's stuck me forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, they don't feel your pain, so they don't care. So you shout and scream at them in the car. And believe me, I've shouted and screamed at people in the car. But, but he you said, would hey,
1: never do that if you weren't in the car. What is it? Is it about the cocoon of the car that makes you think it's okay to go get them?
0: Yeah. B- uh, b- you see, you wouldn't do it on the road if you were passing somebody out on the footpath. you just step outside them and go, mm. go past them, like if you are on a footpath. But we should do we for the laugh, shouldn't we? We should take, we should take road
2: rage onto the onto the footpaths. And then, Fuck you, yeah, you know what I mean. So when you, as you're walking past somebody, imagine imagine the look on someone's face. <laughs> Jesus Christ, amazing! How already you in front of you for God's sake? <laughs> I but was that's to my child. That's where stress comes from. Being late is mm-hmm. where the
0: stress. All those things. If you put stress to those, it's because you're late. If you're not late, it doesn't matter because. Oh, you look at your watch and you go back to the watch oh, i plenty of time I'm okay. But why are we
1: so annoyed then with what people do in cars like not using their indicators or Oh well that does annoy know. me.
2: That doesn't that's a different yeah. thing. That's just being rude. That, that, for me, if you're going around a roundabout and you tend to go left off the roundabout, you 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 show your indication to another person by indicating and go off to the left. Because if you don't do, you're stuck there for a while. That slows up traffic coming behind you. So road rages come behind you because they're running late. You <laughs> see? You see? It all looped in. There you go. It's like a Billy Bradley joke. <laughs> Man, and another thing. And they're on the way to the airport all yeah. this. See? Yeah. And the holiday lane has been built. Yes, the fuckers, the hover, the hover holiday lane. That's what we want to get. That's such a good idea, the holiday lane. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Those people are going to work. I'm going on holiday. Exactly. All these poor sad fuckers going to work with their children and their in-laws and whatever on that listing is in the back of their car, and they're waving out the window. Look at them going on on holiday. holiday. Look at them on holiday. their hover cars.
1: John, you love holidays.
0: I absolutely yeah. love. I love travel. Mm. I've always loved travel. Um, since I think what's the, with, 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 the world is it? Alan Witter? Wicker, Wicker, Wicker's World. Wicker's world. world. Alan Wicker. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. think Roger Wicker in the. the. <laughs> <laughs> um, Going around Wicker's the world, world singing the song. <laughs> I remember. You see, and this this leads me to what I get annoyed about, right? And these are things I I, I think I've had an argument with you before about this holidays love holidays I'll get back to holidays in a second Mm. but when I was younger when we were all younger right and I don't mean this is not a nostalgia trip but when we were younger the world was huge Mm. and I I have this argument with so many people and they say like did you see the latest Bond movie right and they say yeah yeah it was brilliant and I say like you know the the second last one the one where M Judy Dench got killed right Mm -hmm. you know it started off uh, in in Turkey or something like that and it went one other place and they finished in Scotland now no offense to Scotland, I don't mean it this way. Mm. But when I was, you know, when Roger Moore was James Bond, and to mm. me, Roger Moore was my James Bond. That's this way that Sean Sean Connery was mine. Right. Right. Sean yeah. Connery was yours, right? Yeah. And he's still a great Bond, but mm. Roger mm. Moore was like they went to like seventeen different places in the world that you knew you were never, ever going to see in your lifetime, probably like. Mm. And had all the bits and pieces, and now it's gone to the new Bond movie because they have to be, I don't know, politically correct, like um, you know, they go to Scotland. Mm. You know, it's like you say, you know, mm. we'd go where we'd go with the Bond movie next, Wexford. Mm. And the whole thing is, the whole thing is like, when I was growing up, when you watched a Bond movie, it became, oh, look where they're going, they're going to, oh, look at this place, Thailand. You know, you're talking back in the the early '80s mm. or the late '70s, mm. and you're saying, "Oh, Thailand" or somewhere in America or Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas, all this kind. And that bugged me. And I had these conversations with people, big time conversations. I was, but the story was brilliant. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't <laughs> brilliant because they went nowhere. Like yeah, anybody could have done that. Jimmy Malone from down the road could have gone to Scotland and solved the problem. You know this mm. kind of way. But it. It brings me to the whole thing about travel. But bad
1: things happen in Scotland too. Yeah, oh, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you know, th- everything where something bad happens doesn't have to be like completely glamorous and know, not but remote. And but Bond is meant to be glamorous.
2: Yeah, but Bond some, is meant to be. No not You know, there's not there's no semi naked women walking around the, the streets of Edinburgh. Uh, you can't. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If you're on a beach, what's that in about Tahiti? <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: I wonder who they're playing to with that kind of nonsense.
0: Bond is always look. In fairness, Bond, look, James Bond has always been. Mm. about that it's always been about he's a spy and because he's a spy it's always been about sex and it's all been about the gadgets and it's all been about all the different places you want to go you know in the world mm. like you know so
1: so did James Bond make you want to take loads of holidays then is that what you're saying
0: yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, or I wanted to see sex. all which these which places. I wanted to see all these places, you know, that he mm. was gone to, and over the course of years. But Wicker's World, remember Wicker's World I was yeah. I used to love and it. And this guy went to the most exotic places in the mm. world, which are now probably normal places. Mm. Uh, you know, as, as when I say normal, they're in a brochure. Oh yeah, well, mm. let's go there. Mm. Like, and and the whole thing about it. And then you had the, the holiday show. Remember, you had the holiday show years ago. The, the yeah. two people used to present on a Monday night at half past They don't do that anymore. Mm. You have Kira and. John Slattery that do it for TV3 every now and again but they tend to do a lot of stuff that you're staying in Ireland you know and you know I can see Ireland any day of the week I want but I just love to go but I love the whole freedom of a holiday the whole kind of adventure of a holiday
1: you're the only person I know who plans your holiday gets excited about your holiday goes on your holiday and it's just and this is the key point is just as excited about his holiday when he comes back. If the amount of planning that he does in his holidays, most mm-hmm. other people would be going, eh, "It was okay." When they get home, and he's coming, he bounces home like a puppy, going, "Loved my holiday. It was great. Can't wait for the next time." And the have next you been time, away this year? He absolutely loves yeah. it. Where,
2: where have you been? I was just in Lanzarote a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I was in Nerca two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I have to say, the journey talking about stressful. I was
1: wondering why the two of you were so tanned looking. Uh, we just good looking men, aren't we? John? Good looking men, yeah. just
2: cause. Me. Three you see. that's what it is. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Either that, we bad livers, one or the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the, the way most people go on holidays, mm. and when they come back, they're a little bit disappointed because their expectations. have But well, do you know so what I did high. this
2: year that I normally <clears> would never <throat> do? I didn't take the day off when I got back. You need that one day to acclimatise when you get back from holidays, oh. don't you? You need to be able to sort of go and just chill back into, yeah. the, into the zone. Mm. But I said I came back late on Thursday night. I was straight back into work on Friday. Oh, oh geez, the week, weekend at the bar Your holiday must have been like a dream. Like, oh, it was was br- I really
1: there? Did I really go away?
2: Yeah, it was. And you may as well have never been away, except <laughs> the fact people go, "Geez, you got some colour, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing people say. Or no, um, no. You have a healthy glow about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> <is>. <laughs> healthy glow. I didn't pay 250 quid <laughs> for a healthy glow. <laughs> I'm a hog. I'm a
0: hog <laughs> I'm is what I am. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't mind coming back from holidays because it's not like, don't make it out that I plan everything to specific. To eat. I do plan that, you know, I booked the, book, like, book the car park, I know that's done. Yeah, but you know I, what you're going to do? You know, you're totally oh, yeah, opposite to
1: me in terms of holidays and that yeah. I don't want to do anything when I go on holidays yeah. except lie around and eat food, which is pretty much what I do here, only mm. in the sun. Mm you you have you know. i'm going to go and see that thing and I'm going to go and see that thing and um you know and then Depends we're going to the holiday, but hire a holiday a car it? and yeah. go here there and
2: there you know oh, no, i am I'm not, not that argument no. i'm see, to I'm, a t- I'm a turn up and see what happens person we turn up and we just see what happens. And if if, if, oh, if lying if, if, like, if, 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 if if on a beach reading a book is what happens, to okay. then happy days. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I mean, there is plenty of holidays you can do that. Like
0: when you can go on holidays, is what I mean by that. But the thing about it is, I hate to come back from somewhere and somebody said, Did you see? And I said, No. I was only around the corner. And I said, Oh, for God's sake. So I do a little bit of. You know, let's have a look yeah. into the place, see what's happening. If, it's, if even if it's even if it's <coughs> I beat I love I beat it. I just love, and, I, and it, it was nearly ruined because of that Sky One show Ibiza on coverage years ago. Mm. Hmm. I always wanted to go because all my friends back in the nineties were going, oh Ibiza, beat, Ibiza, beat. and I said no, that doesn't look like the place for me. And it's idyllic over there. You have a strip, or I tell this to every you have a strip over there that yeah, go to the strip and go
2: mentally. In San Antonio. In San Antonio, in Cana, I was in play on which is I have to say lovely. it's really Yeah, yeah. water park there as well. But you ever notice the way you're, in Ireland your holidays are judged on your tan. Geez, you got some colour, you yeah. must have some holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you come back pale as a ghost, but you yeah. had the best time in your whole life, you had a shitty holiday yeah. to other people. I look at him, ah, oh, look, it was raining, yeah, it was a yeah. cloudy was year. It's raining, yeah. You must have had a horrible holiday. And
1: the worst thing, you go on a sun holiday and you don't get any sun.
2: Well, I went to Lanzarote, my Evan Kerry went for two weeks to Lanzarote one year, and we got four days sunshine. It rained torrentially for three days. And you, as you well know, in a place like um, Port de la Harmon, mm. there's jack shit to do when it's raining. Because it's not geared for rain, it's, it's just not geared for, gear for, no, for rain. It's not. Do you know what I mean? And you end up go, going, what are we going to do? We go go to the pub.
1: And everything kind of looks a little shabby in the rain, it like does, it does yeah, here, yeah, yeah. you know. Exactly. It The, it's the, of, it's the, of the gleaming terrazzo terraces yeah. that you look, kind of yeah. just
2: look grim in yeah, the rain. it's grey, it's grey. Mm. And then you come back and people go, oh, geez, that's a shitty holiday because you had white cough. Well, that, <laughs> that happened as well, a year actually
0: back in Ibiza, a good few years, seven or eight years ago. And we had eight hours of sunshine. Mm-hmm. That was it, it rained for the entire week. So I just went and rented a car. And so, and this is my, where my love for Ibiza came from. Mm. Ironically, is because we rented a car and drove around the island of Ibiza, went over to Ibiza, went all over to the place. And I go, this place is incredible, and I've been back since. Like you know, mm. when I can go back mm. since, and it's just that whole thing of like it's not just a clubbers' paradise. It's, you can do everything you want over there. Mm. You can do the clubs. You can do all the nightclubs. You can do all the bars. The whole lot. But it's incredible. It's, it's two hours on the plane. You're
2: literally up to say, do you want tea or coffee? No, thanks. Oh, that's all right because we're landing in five yeah, minutes. But let's be honest. Brilliant. When you're putting your money down over to E-Mantle and Harvey Travel or you're booking online or whatever, you're paying 300 quid, 400 quid for sunshine. Mm. You want guaranteed sunshine don't you really when you're going on holiday, well that's what you hope for that's what you hope for yeah but for. You're, 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 you're paying for it you're paying for guaranteed suns. otherwise you wouldn't wouldn't bother your arse going to Spain if you know what I mean because mm. you can get rain over here but you want that sunshine because mm. you want people to come back and say <laughs> you're fucking mahogany boy you're just <laughs> totes mahogany you're, you're mahogany <laughs> you're glowing boy you're glowing as much as you are.
1: Um, I think two of us in the room would have remembered Cat Weasel and yes. the other one wouldn't, which I'll come to him in a minute. Yes. But I wasn't a huge Cat Weasel fan, uh, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Um and Jeffrey is it Bal Balieden? Is that his name? Well, whatever Baledon. Mm. Um he died
2: age ninety
1: three. I th- um, I didn't know if I was still alive, by the
2: way. I thought he died years
1: ago. I just thought Cat Weasel looked smelly and monkey and everything. But what was what was the TV show
2: of your childhood? Oh that's a good question, actually. And I was very, very young. I suppose when you're intensely, Saturday morning would be your time for really watching television. And it was Why Don't You was a programme we used to be on in the mornings. You remember Why I Don't You? see You remember yeah. that Why Don't You? Why don't you just switch off the television set and go do something less for a day? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Sitting at home, watching TV, turn it off, it's no good for me. Well, I, and it's an, a television program tell you to turn off the television program. It's, you know what I mean? The irony of that, which made sense to me at the time. Uh, I used to watch that. But, I, I, but the thing was, when we, when we got television into the house, we used to get the Welsh channels in in the house and I remember watching a program called Wilf Wilf a Concord de Boss. and I like, just Welsh people come into the pub and I speak Western because of this program Wilf the Newegian site Nestach, which means good night you know things like that I used to watch these Welsh programs I didn't understand a word they were saying but I was way when I was a young, when I was a kid but I used you to know. watch them I used to watch them on Saturday <coughs> morning because between say half eight on a Saturday morning when you get out of bed or eight o'clock until about 11 o'clock because Tiswas Was on remember Tiswas? Mm-hmm. I used to watch that religiously in, in, in the morning Tiswas Was or um, what else was on in the morning Anything
0: Goes on a Saturday morning is what I remember so with, with uh, Ingus the was it mm. one of those people that was yeah, the one yeah, because yeah. I, I think Tizwas, I don't think we had the HTV channel Mm. I think when I grew up, I think people just talk about Tiz wasn't, we just didn't we have it. We had it when we At least he's always had it before Absolutely. the people. We, beat we beat were the, the first beat.
2: people in our block to get, to get the pipe, he used to be called, the pipe. Yeah. We got the pipe into the house and the poor man that was installing it, there was about 20 kids behind him waiting for it. And what came in through? Well, the first thing that came through on our television was a six million dollar man. <gasps> Do you remember that? Yeah. And That's a building. Oh, we couldn't wait for this thing. This poor man, he was surrounded by kids. I went, oh, well, look, wait and see what happened. And the first thing came and shoot, this thing was coming to life. It was like Frankenstein coming to life. And boom, the $6 million man. We were just, oh, this is the... Cool. $6 million man yeah, was cool. Yeah. Right, what did you watch cool. when you were
1: a kid? Um, I liked the Bionic Woman and the $6 million man.
0: Mm. Chips was my one. Oh, dear. Uh, Erica Stratton. Erica Stratton. And, like, and, and yes. John,
2: Punch and John Chips. I absolutely mm. adored it. I started Hutch but these were certainly morning in progress, but I used to love Starsky yeah. and for mm. the music in itself. That got me into the, my love of funk and soul. Uh, and that's a fact. I actually love funk and soul. I was a punk when I was young, but I, I love funk and soul because of, of that... See? Well, John, how are you today? It's kind Now it's
0: over to John for the Chips theme I can't remember, but when I got a bike, we used to do it. I used to we lived in the cul-de-sac, mm. and he used to, because you went up to the top of the cul-de-sac, you could turn, and it was exactly like the starter chips because they come down the side and they do the little turn on the side Myself and a buddy of <laughs> mine, Frankie Rose at the time, we both had bikes, and we used to coordinate turning at the top like they didn't chip so they could go back and catch the bad please it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant two little BMX are grifters we had grifters, grifters. before the grifters. BMX the woods that yeah. you had to lift it was like going around with 17 bags of coal <laughs> trying to cycle <laughs> like Did you see
1: that ad I don't know what it's for but it's two adults on horses and they're knights or something like something out of Game of Thrones and you know we must attack the fort and we must do it before nightfall and everything and then it comes to a long shot and it's two kids going down a hill oh yes yeah 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 yeah, <clears throat> do,
2: do, do, do,
1: do. but that kind of imagination that you have to come up with your your games in your head and be your TV characters in your head, not just be on a computer. As a child, that was
2: that was that was a natural instinct to to to, to actually change a was Now I I used to have a world under under the, under the the, um, the table in the kitchen. It like I I'd, I'd be you'd be under the table and I'd have my own world. There. Actually, I one time I was uh, I found these Junior aspens and they were orange flavored. Oh, do you remember know, that? Do you remember them? Most <laughs> the dangerous thing you'd ever do in your entire life: orange flavored Junior aspens. Yeah. I loved it, them. Knocking them back like they were no one's business anymore, until my mother looked down and was, what do you have, what have you got in your hand? And she took it in my hand. They were half gone at this point. Mm. But like, orange flavoured Gina Raspberries. What did they expect me to do for fuck's sake? They're orange flavoured Gina Raspberries. <laughs> of course I'm going to knock them back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, like, it was it was like a follow-on for, for future life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I was quite disturbed and it just made me feel really old the other day. The idea that the 90s is 20 years ago.
2: Was, someone said to me recently, a chap in a pub, he's about 65, and he said to me, how did you feel when you turned 50? I said, well, it, it's the same as I felt when I turned 21, but I said, I, one thing I, I have noticed since I turned 50, or even sort of late 40s, is how time has sped up. It, it's just become, <laughs> like, you know, this year in itself, like, mm. next month is the longest day of the year. Yeah.
1: Where did, did that come Last week January, yeah.
2: You know, we haven't got into summer yet, it's, it's, mm. and the day is going to get darker, like, mm. which I hate, I cannot stand, but it, it just, time starts to speed up. Like, when you were young." Mm. Your three-month holidays from school lasted a lifetime, Endless. An yeah, an absolute lifetime. Three months now—it's over five and a half mm. minutes. Mm. It's just crazy. And when, you, as you get older, it just seems to go. Boom, choo, choo, choo. It's like life it just catches up with you. You get to the end. Come on, here. Oh God, sick.
1: What were you doing in the nineties, John? In the nineties, before we met. Oh
0: God, before we met, I—I I, I was. I—I um, I think I was always. I think when we—I when I met you, 94, 95... Mm. Well, I you know, maybe a bit later. Everybody, Probably a bit later than that, yeah. But I think everybody back in the 90s, it was the whole... Um, I was... I was, Not the dance scene, not the rave scene, because I was too young for it mm. at the time, but I was into the music. I remember listening to um, uh, Colin Dunphy on ABC Radio, mm. and the Top 40 Countdown on Saturday mornings. And it was the best Top 40 Count. I think Colin and other people did, but it was the best Top 40 Countdown I ever had because they played every single song. And you're talking about the Pirate Days. And they played every single song from 87, 88, 89, whenever they were on the year. like. And I went into the 90s and said, this is absolutely incredible. And I remember a, a friend of mine, actually, you probably know from from Tremor, and he said, um, you have to hear this new radio station, 1990, Lanti 252. Mm. And I said, I haven't heard it. And he said, it's on a, it's on wave, like, you know, and I said, what's wave? You know, you know, you just didn't yeah. know, you yeah. never listened. The radio was mm. just on the car, and it was whatever the stations were on it like. And I heard this and I said, oh my God, this is not but music. Music, music, music. This is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And got into the love of music in the 90s. And I think that's my problem. Mm-hmm. When I was going out, when I started going out in, in the in the early 90s, out with the lads and out bars and clubs and whatnot, the oldies, uh, an, an oldie section would come on in a, in a disco. And it was 60s music. It was always 60s. And you'd hear Lulu l- shout, <clears throat> You'd hear this, that, and the other, whatever it might be. And then it would like, say, come on, get back up to the present day, like, you know, and get back up. I want to dance what's out now, like. And then it went into the late 90s and the kind of 70s kind of got bypassed because the mm. 70s really never went away because they were still kind of disk And the 80s became the oldies. And now
2: the oldies are the 90s. But the thing is, like, I was 70s in the race. The late 70s for me was the best music like available because I was into the punk scene at the time. Mm. And then you had the ska scene and the mod scene. And if you were into that, you had appreciation of all of those scenes, if you know what I mean. And then, like unfortunately for me, it's like when people talk about Blur and Oasis, the battle between Blur and Oasis... Wasn't really my bag. Blur always has worked out and people go, "Why wow, you aren't?" No, I was. Mm. I'm also not a fan of the Beatles. Sorry, people talk about the Beatles. Me, they were a pop band in the nineteen sixties. Not my bag. You know, I don't <laughs> know. I liked I liked early Beatles. Like yeah.
1: Beatles.
2: No. <clears throat> it, it just it just wasn't it wasn't my scene at all. But I had a great appreciation. But I kind of like I, I liked the Manchester scene. In, mm. the, in the nineties, I liked Stone Roses, the Happy NBC, Mondays, yeah. all, that, all that kind of. Scene. That scene was for me. That was brilliant. I liked the dance scene. I liked. I didn't like all that banging house music, but I do like. I do like. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a deep house fan. I like. I like going to clubs, the deep house clubs, and all that scene. It was grand, and you know everything that went with that was something. A yeah. bit, something a bit yes. else, you know. I wasn't overly into that as much. I did. I took part, but I wasn't overly into much. And that's as much as I'm going into that conversation. <laughs> um, but it was a good time. It was a good. It was. It was really good, and plus there was a great atmosphere of kind of in the nineties of a new age <clears throat> we'd come in out of the 80s and that depression that was in the 80s and that lack of jobs and everything else and next thing there was work being created and in the early 90s work started to be developed and everything else and we got a good feeling about ourselves in this country mm. and we started to you know and there was music being pumped out of this country which was, which was quite good at the time as well but as I said that Manchester-based scene was taken over as well but I missed all that Oasis blur thing. I, it just I, it never never, it was never my like even today's day now if, if, if I had a choice between there was three radio stations and mum was playing James Brown, when was playing Blower, when one was playing something else, I'd be James Brown every time of the day. Mm. Every time of the day.
0: That's, that's the thing about the 90s. You see, I look back at the 90s with kind of half with nostalgia and half with, God, we really weren't as advanced as we thought we were. No. When you look back to the 90s, we really weren't as advanced because everybody's oh, it's the 90s, it's time for new years, time for new change, time for new thinking and, you know, we have to leave the old ways behind us and stuff. And I look at it and I, and I keep, I, I, I don't want to go down to a whole thing here but it's. You know, we look back at even even our kind of tolerance to different things that we say now, like we take for, you know, not that we take for granted, but I think at the 90s people just say, oh yeah, you know, people are, somebody here might be, they're gay mm. and it's, and you know, and that's okay. And this the way, this is the way we t- people used to think, oh, that's mm. okay. Like, and I kind of go and I look back and I say, that's okay. Why did we care whether, whether they're mm. gay or not? Why do we care that they wanted to marry different people? Or why do we care that they didn't want to marry or they believed in this or th- You know, and I, I, just on that whole thing but. Friends. Well, I know that old... Cl- oh, I have a friend who's gay. Like, you know, plenty of friends. But you know... You what? Well, you know, you but a friend is gay? A friend is gay. Can you imagine? But Jesus. back in the 90s, we thought we were so advanced. And I had this conversation with a chap a while ago. We had, we were thought we were so advanced back in the 90s. And we look back into it and we kind of go, my God, we were still so backward like in mm. our thoughts. like
2: Yeah, but we went up, were we not becoming to be more acceptable? Or accepting?
0: It was starting, you know but mean? we all, we yeah. thought back... Once 1990 hit, mm. once, and it was kind of... Because if you think about it, 1990... Was like you only saw 1990 in science fiction movies, mm. the 90s, like, and, and yeah. you were 10 years so away. Space from 1999, you remember that program? Yeah. Yeah. Space, and that was That's like. it. But you know, the, the, it came to the 1990, and I remember everybody saying, oh, so cool to be in the 90s. I remember being in school, going into, you know, I think we we're going into third year or something like that, or whatever year it was going into in the 1990s, like, and of course, did the whole World Cup and all that kind of stuff. But people thought, it's 1990, yeah. Our vision, uh, everything has changed, but nothing, nothing bloody changed. I I give it to you right
2: that it was the start of the acceptance, Mm. but it took... So nearly 2012, so you, you, know but you what I mean? have to look away. We were coming out of John, we were coming out of Irish Catholic, a Catholic garden from the sort of 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. That was such a dominant force in this country that to be able to accept the fact that somebody was gay, mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. accept the fact that somebody was gay, was a massive step forward for this country. It was yeah. huge, like mm-hmm. to be said, geez, he's gay, because it was all behind the, you. You knew everyone grew up with family who knew you were gay, who, who knew you were gay, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> who, who, who knew who you knew were gay, yeah, but. To actually to, to turn well and have a conversation openly about that, mm. yeah, and have yeah. pubs that openly had gay people in it, you were kind of going, Jesus, that ten years ago that would have that would have been a struggle. Yeah. When I grew up in the in the, in the early eighties, as a kid, to have somebody who was openly gay, he would have got a kicking. Mm. and that's a fact and it's horrible to say but it's, it's true, awful, yeah. that's, that's, the it true.
0: that's the way it was That's the but you see I missed that mm. I, missed, I missed that obviously see, I didn't, mm. I didn't come around to the 70s like and back into the 80s mm-hmm. like. but my, my my mom and dad were I have to say they were brilliant for stuff like that like because they knew what was going on I had to clue what was going on like I mean I used to watch TV and like you know this guy would come on Liberace would come on on yeah. Parkinson or something like that and I just like I didn't even know what the word flamboyant meant when yeah. I was that age. I just went, oh look at him, that's some mad codies on him, like you know. And mom and dad were there, and they would never say, oh well, you shouldn't like somebody of that because all I was told is he's a brilliant penis. That's yeah. what he does. That's you know. Mm. They, I'm just talking him out of out of yeah. all that kind of stuff. I know you look at stuff, and I remember I remember thinking back in back in the eighties, I was I became a huge fan of Pet Shop Boys from the eighties. So from mm. my, my brother came home mm. with a cassette tape of Disco, and here have listened to this. this is brilliant, and. I started listening to Pet Shop Boys, got their first album, and then they had another one came out, and all this kind of stuff. And then somebody said to me in about nineteen eighty eight, I think, "Well, you know they're gay." I went, "What's the difference with
2: the music? I don't, I don't mm. understand. Oh, but they're gay, and I kind of went,
0: what's, what's the relevance But did what? But
2: like, did you were bred, you were bred that way. It was like when you found out Rock Hudson was gay. It was like he was an iconic, strong, good-looking yeah. man, mm. you know. And then someone said he's gay. He's like, what? And all of a sudden, being brought up the way it would. Catholic bollocks mm. attached to you, you looked at him differently, straight away you went, oh is he, he's gay is he, and everything about him changed in your head, when, when you got back in the day, now that's yeah. thankfully started to drift mm. out of our society, off, yeah. but back in the day you did, you looked, you, looked, you went, oh Jesus, he's gay is he, like you say with a, with, with a musician, when you find out he's gay you kind of go, really, Jesus, that's mad isn't it, mm. and all of a sudden a little click goes off in your head, a little Catholic guilt click goes off in mm. your head, and all of a sudden you look at somebody differently, which you shouldn't of course, but we do.
1: You know? I mean what a burden that is if you are gay and are thank not? God it's changing Yeah, that you, you worry about somebody finding out who you it, it
2: But it still, it still exists because if you're in a situation where you're making gazillions of pounds because of your body or your music or whatever else you've got screaming young girls off you know as well like George Michael when he came out to be gay I, never, kn- I never knew you wouldn't, have thought, you wouldn't have not in a million years would you never know? not in a million years no. everyone thought this fella was Put it mm. about on mm. wholesale. <laughs> what you would have done? You would have thought because he's a good looking bloke, he was around and blah yeah. blah. Uh, and actually you found out he was gay. I'm going, going Jesus! Mm. But uh, I think people appreciate his music more because he, he sort of he started to become himself and he played. Yeah, that's like, what it's it,
1: about. Like maybe yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. No, it's how, how it matter. is it relevant, relevant to it, it, me what no. anyone's sexuality is? How is it that's relevant so to it. any of us how what matter? anyone's it's sexuality? It's like the blasphemy
2: is. law. How is that relevant to me? See, it, it, it's
1: like the what? The blasphemy
2: law. No, how is it relevant to me? How is that relevant to me? What that Stephen Fry says? If someone says that fairy in the sky, what the people call him? God? If someone say that he doesn't exist, I don't believe that. I don't believe that <coughs> God is You're a religious person. I'm not. But I, I'm a happy atheist. People may have my father found great solace in religion. He he believed in God. He sang in the choir and his dog, and uh, he like he he found in mean, when his later life when he got he got sick he found great solace in religion. And fair play to the man for doing mm. so. I don't need that in my life. I don't. I I haven't understood since I'm fourteen. I have never ne- needed that in my life.
1: Final question for <clears> you is with the week that's in it. Yes. Will Ireland ever win the Eurovision again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, uh, will, or will I ever care? <laughs> that's more important. But I actually ever care about Do we, do we for, believe in that? Uh, <laughs> it's it's I think it's Norway's this year, is it? I don't I've no, I, I haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched somebody any said it.
0: to me, a, a work colleague Pat said to me in work, he said, listen to the Norway one, he said, but don't tell anybody else uh, what, what you know and see what you yeah. think of it. And it's I just put it on as just a kind of a pop song. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go out and buy it and, and or download it or whatever, like you know, um but it's to your vision, like
2: it's, but it's not a song contest it's not know, a song it's it? a political
0: contest now, right? let's be yeah, honest yeah. and it's been a political contest now for the last I don't know how long when was the last time we won mm-hmm. 1993
2: even, even when we were winning it it was still a play because we'd vote for the English the English would vote for well actually they, they didn't vote, didn't, they didn't they, vote they, for no, us we, 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 we gave always, those fuckers it, 12 and they don't want to give us 3 or 4 or something like
1: that we always kind of then we kind of settled on a you know Seven to ten is fine. Mm-mm. We each have to give each other seven to ten just so mm. no one's giving somebody 12 and nobody's given somebody 2. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. But is it,
0: is it a case of now like you know uh, like I used to love Terry Wogan voice in the BBC yeah. one and Marty I love Marty Whedon and Graham Norton it's kind of got they, they take the make out of it so much when they're doing it that you know they've known for years like Terry Wogan knew for years like that this is just an absolute sham it's a big huge contest whatever country's in has to pay a fortune to host it and to hold it but they make a fortune in the tourism and all that, and that's what it is and let's give it to your country let's give it to your eastern Bloc. let's give it to whatever it might be but they make a shaman and that's all be- I think people just watch it just now for the spectacle it's not what it was when I was when we were all grown up and again this is not a nostalgic thing but when we were grown up the Eurovision was like oh look oh, at this yeah. oh, look yeah. at the country when they're in and look at all this Lord, stuff like.
2: 12 points you roared your whole family was sitting around the, around the television yeah. and we got deus poix <clears throat> And you went bananas. It was oh. brilliant. We're going to win this. We're going to win this. <laughs> we're going to win this. But now it's just, it's become something else. It's become, it's like, I have gay friends who watch this on a religious basis and they have gay parties and it's, it's, it's um it's a, it's, they have the Eurovision parties and they, they have popcorn yeah. and everything else and they appreciate, they, they, t- they, they appreciate the symbolism of it
0: I more go than to I those do. Parties. Yeah.
2: Huh? I want to go to those parties. I've been at them. They're great crack. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I'm not a fan of Eurovision. I'm not a fan. I, I, they, 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 they won't invite me to anymore because I, I've given up on Eurovision. You're not coming because you don't like Eurovision. OK, that's Well, rare. you
1: can see their point.
2: Oh, well, yeah, yeah. If I, if I go to a Eurovision party, I'd want to actually like... It'd be like me bringing them for a World Cup soccer match and they're going, I hate this sport. Back Chat
1: with Maria McCann. This week's featured panellists were John Keane and Kieron Doyle. If you've enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more, just search for Backchat with Maria McCann wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. There's a new episode available around 7pm every Sunday evening. And so you don't miss anything, please like the Facebook page. That's Backchat with Maria McCann.
0: Skydiving. This is amazing.